My name is Nick. And I'm Damien. You're listening to the EQIQ Podcast. This is where the independent scientist and biotech entrepreneur come to find new paths to success. Join us as we discuss strategies to launch your vision, grow your team's potential, and uncover hacks to push your career well beyond what you thought possible. Welcome back. Hello there, Nicholas. Hey. Hello there, Pablo. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. Well, we're back in time to kind of do a recording considering Nicholas and I have been on the road again. Things have been opening up, right, Nick? Absolutely. It's been quite the whirlwind. Damien and I, when we do our big operational contracts for both academic and industry, mm-hmm. we go out and we do group sessions with the team. We call them... Mm-hmm the realignment retreats and help people figure out how they want to do the annual retreats, right? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like get the teams all back in the same page. And definitely it's it feels good to see people in person. So that's been always a good, good Yeah, it's kick. been like you a... You feel a little bit better pot as a vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been like a, we've got nothing for about a year and a half. And then now it's just back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> so uh, definitely... <laughs> Wheels up. Definitely getting that uh, social interaction injection for sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's a good feeling, though, especially when we can connect with clients and connect with people that we have been working with for a while. And it just kind of reinvigorates kind of our passion, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Absolutely. What we've seen is that, you know, the Zoom or whatever sort of platform you're using for the videos is great. You know, it's awesome. But still, it's that face to face that is just goes way beyond. It's funny how some of these clients was the first time that we had met them, but I feel like the Mm -hmm. relationship grew exponentially over three, four, five days that we were there versus the year and a half that we've been talking to them over Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it was a time where we had to make do with what we had. And I think that's one of the things we want to go into today's podcast is to talk about kind of making do with what you have and kind of taking the path of least resistance. Because I think that we tend to overcomplicate our processes too much. And we found that out a lot this past few weeks being on the road, right, Nicholas? Uh, It's amazing how much we associate things that are difficult with things that should be done or are right. Mm -hmm. When we're talking to people so often, they feel like the struggle is this type of acknowledgement, meaning that it's the right thing to do because it's difficult. Yeah, but I I think we're going to go further into that, the the quote struggle. It starts to look more like suffering. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. (laughs) Uh, Why are you suffering through this? They're like, but it has to be this way. But it's why are you making yourself suffer through this? It's not even an, an external thing that is forcing you in this track or to make certain decisions. It's literally they're taking the tools that they think are the ones to use and inserting them into their routines and more often than not you know the the standard things we're all different so the standard mm-hmm, equipment mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily fit the non-standard paths that the people that we work mm-hmm. with are typically on yeah i mean to get a little bit more specific it's just kind of when we introduce notebooks or electronic notebooks because it's the new thing people are moving from paper to digital and in the laboratory practices we need digital notebooks and laboratory notebooks and nicholas and i 
I have seen these electronic notebooks from simple word text documents to these elaborate electronic notebooks that are designed for laboratories. And we constantly get people that ask us, like, what's the best one? And introducing those types of types of notebooks can be super complicated. And so what we try to get them to do is start off small, start with what works, what are they doing right now? What are you doing right now? And then like we build from that. But I think that what we see is usually end products. We see these big, huge laboratories that have these really fancy looking notebooks and everything seems completely punctuated. <laughs> it's all all the graphs yeah. all like perfect. And we expect that's going to be our our initial standard. Well, I think what some people that that are only seeing the the ELNs, the electronic lab notebooks mm-hmm. from the outside, unless you've actually done it and integrated it, you don't know that these companies, the the more we'll call them the the designer ones, you know, the ones that, mm-hmm. that the big labs have, the ones that look really nice. They actually have teams that over yeah. month help you integrate everything that you're doing into their system. Mm-hmm. It's not just a matter mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Saying like, okay, I'm gonna get this subscription and integrate it into my process, and it's gonna work well. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not that easy, and I don't think that people really realize that it, it's just not a simple matter of getting that subscription and integrating it into what you're doing. There is a whole mm-hmm. process and a large process that you get guided through for sure. Uh, they're they're mm-hmm. going to help mm-hmm. you be successful, but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that this big elaborate, you know, pretty tool is the right one for you. Yeah. And I know that we want it to look like the pictures, right? I think that Mm -hmm. we (laughs) believe that it should look in this quote, perfect instance. But in reality, that's just not like how overall life works. And what we try to convince or help clients to realize is that We got to take it slow, but to take it slow, we have to first feel out what is the easiest path and then start there. Because if you feel as though it's so insurmountable, it's so difficult, it's so hard, and you create this suffering and that suffering makes things even worse. And so we say, all right, how are you capturing your notes now? Mm -hmm. They're like on a piece of paper. All right, can you capture that? on a simple word document and what are you doing in that place and then we grow from there can we do that consistently for a matter of weeks well and it's that consistency that's key you know Mm -hmm. my little tagline that i always use is just embrace what works Mm -hmm. just this week uh, i was working with someone on a list you know, we're working on uh, this Excel file that's just to track the applicants for one of their positions. And what yeah. we started off is is great. It's this hugely elaborate, like very integrated tool that has you mm-hmm. know, a place to put phone numbers, emails, dates, like when are they interviewing? What stage of the recruitment process is each candidate in? Mm-hmm. And if you were able to fill that out, if you're able to actually use this, great. But this is a small Mm -hmm. team and Mm -hmm. they just do not have the manpower, nor do they have the hours or really the need to fill a sheet like this Mm -hmm. out. And so Mm -hmm. the whole process of of what I was walking them through was going through the list and saying, okay, like, is it useful for you to know when the next interview is going to be? Yes, of course it is. Mm -hmm. But 
are you actually going to be using this column when you're filling it out? Or is it just an additional piece of data that you don't really need for what mm -hmm. the sheet is intended to do? And for them, what's important to note is that this sheet is just supposed to be a support for when they're doing phone interviews or the face-to-face -face interview. It's just additional quick to find data. And so things like the phone number, the next interview, the stage that they're at. Although it'd be nice to have this like, all-encompassing tool that has all these things, mm -hmm. for the purpose of what they're doing, those aren't useful and really are just adding yeah. clicks and adding time. And so what do you do? Delete, and it's okay. It's okay to do mm -hmm. that because you don't need it. It doesn't need to be there. We're kind of a little apprehensive in applying all of the tools, techniques, and templates that we've developed within the, uh, the agency. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of clients, they feel as though that we have uh, all the tools for everything that they need. But what we find is that they become over-reliant on the tools and less reliant on their gut instinct or their ability to know what is the right path, what is the right tool for that situation. Or their ability to know what they want. And this is why we try to like help them to understand what that means. And so this is why we say it's, it's the path of least resistance. Yes, consistency is key, but the entry point for that key, the keyhole is the path of least resistance. And so understanding where we're going and what to do helps us to develop the tools or know what tools to use. And it's it's not to say that these tools are bad or if even, you know, in my example, this all encompassing file is is not useful. The thing is we're yep. working with small teams with limited resources. And when I say resources, mm -hmm. I mean more than just money. You know, we're talking time, uh, man hours, everything that's involved in putting yep. a new group together. And we just need to make sure that the amount of time that's being spent with a certain tool is actually helping towards getting you to the final result that you want. You know, and that's that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's embracing what works because we just we mm -hmm. have to cut stuff out because uh, as Damien always says, there's this thing called physics and we can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> oh, the pesky old <laughs> physics, you know, until we learn how to break the space time continuum or clone perfectly. I think these are some real world uh, limitations. Right. But I'm kind of glad that you bring uh, bring that up because when we think about working within teams, we see these elaborate project management tools to man manage the teams or even HR year end reviews that are huge, complicated questionnaires. But what we try to do is let people know, let's, let's go back to the basics. It's simple communications with your people, one-on-ones, make it consistent every week for the rest of the year, it eliminates this ambiguity of the year-end review. Mm -hmm. And and people are like, oh, so what should we talk about? Which I'm like, no, don't. let's not overcomplicate it. The first thing you do is have a consistent one-on-one -on -one meeting once a week. And then the conversation that comes out of it will happen naturally because you guys will have a conversation consistently. And then why are we here? For what reasons we're doing? What are the projects we're working on? What are the tools we need for this project? And this builds the momentum. This actually then builds the actual tool or process that is much more authentic and natural to the team. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that a lot of the people that we're interacting with are super systematic. You know, you need something to go. And I I can't (laughs) tell you how many times we're starting with one of our templates, one of the EDC templates for anything. And we're working on it. And I see there's a little bit of hesitation when we're just being brutal and just deleting things. And sometimes all it Mm -hmm. takes is to say like, you know what, I'm going to put an original copy into the file and you'll always have access to it. It's going to be blank. It's going to be like what we started with, but everything is there. And so if you Mm -hmm. ever change your mind, because we have to start, you know, at some point you need to have a version one and you need to try it. So going through, if, if you decide what's good enough for now, which becomes your version one, and then you try it. And if, if you're doing these consistent meetings, you'll see in the first meeting, oh, there's two points that I wanted to address that we didn't get to. Well, add that to mm-hmm. your second version. You know, if you have like some kind mm-hmm. of template or some sort of conversation helper that you have, but you have to do it to understand. And the first trial, that first product that you put together, it's never going to be the final one and it's never going to be perfect. So you just need to go for it. But I think that's part of it is because we see the end product that looks perfect mm. and that's our goal and our target. And we feel as though that's what we need to go. But if we're thinking about the whole basis of our podcast on EQIQ is that we have to understand that your emotions are leading a lot of your cause. And so I want to go back to that analogy that I always use is that like if we're thinking about the consistency part, making it very systematic, Mm -hmm. process driven, and if we say consistency is key, and if we think about that part is the intellectual process driven portion that we're so obsessed with, the entry point or the keyhole is the path of least resistance and knowing what where that keyhole is is that entry point and so if we're going to basically say let's keep notes keep an electronic notebook all right so we need to have electronic notebooks just keep it consistent mm-hmm. and so let's do the first step make it like electronic put it in in your in your computer write that as consistent as possible and then we can then eventually make it more complicated, move it to a different program, move it into a different uh, system and develop it from there. But again, I think that's hard for some people to grasp and understand. Sure. And it's with things like that, where a lot of times we're going to help you put measures in place to keep you from, you know, this quote unquote relapse. You know, so if if we continue, <laughs> oh my God, we deal a lot with that. <laughs> so if we if we continue with this this ELN, you know, electronic lab notebook example, uh, one of the things that I always do is get rid of all the paper. You have no more printer; it's gone. You have <laughs> maybe but, maybe we can keep a Nick- scanner, <laughs> but you know, it's you start. You have to use the tools on on your phone. Uh, which can scan documents. Is it as good? No, but eventually you'll find a way, or if your team embraces this, embraces what works enough, uh, eventually you Mm -hmm. won't need to be scanning things because you can just send them or you can access them in the cloud. 
Yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad that you even bring that up because if we think about like eliminating the printer or eliminating uh, papers, think about what the pandemic has done for offices and administration right? around the globe, right? I think that we don't allow these crutches, this relapse, if you will. And so Nick and I have been working through Zoom in these video calls for years before this whole pandemic went through. And so, of course, we had to do kind of stumble and fall and try to figure it out. But what we knew is that it was the path of least resistance if we needed to be all over the country in one spot. Mm -hmm. But again, we just knew this was the best and easiest tool to use at the time. We didn't know exactly how it would go, but we just knew we had to be more consistent. And so even when the pandemic came around, we already knew our system and process and we could just like elaborate more on that. But again, we even noticed with our clients when they first start working with us because never done it. And so... Uh, we've all known this people, sometimes you'll see somebody's half of their head <laughs> or they're not really like talking into the camera yeah. or you can see underneath their chin or like all this le- weird awkwardness mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like talking to your parents on FaceTime. But it's the, it's the first time <laughs> that you do it. So it's not going to be perfect. Yep. I was going to mention that you and me, we also have consistent weekly meetings actually we have we mm-hmm. have two because we have a lot of stuff to talk about and one just isn't enough <laughs> but that is a process or a protocol or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it that grew through having these consistent meetings we knew that we needed to mm-hmm. meet on a consistent basis every week and then eventually we found mm-hmm. out that the time that we were dedicating to this meeting wasn't enough and mm-hmm you get to know the criteria that work for you. So for us, extending the time of that one singular one-on-one meeting that week just wasn't really an option because we have other things to do, other clients to talk to. And so we had to create another day. Yeah. And then even beyond that, it goes to our notes. Eventually we needed a way to communicate that didn't involve actually talking either on the phone or through zoom you know like some sort of uh, i want to call it a physical link but like actually yeah. connecting uh socially virtually um mm-hmm. and so that's how we were able to find evernote and evernote is open to both of us i can go into your notes you can go into mine uh, and we don't need mm-hmm. to be asking permission and be like hey can you send me this but it's not to say that that mm-hmm. didn't happen in the beginning it's just eventually we went yeah. like hey this is something that's starting to take up a lot of our time. Is there a tool mm-hmm. that we can use that can fill or fix this quote problem mm-hmm. that we have? And lo and behold, I feel like now there's something for everything. So you just got to search hard enough. Yeah, I, I think to bring it to much more practical use when we think about this concept of the path of least resistance or this ability to get going on this step-by-step process, I think if we think about any kind of particular challenge we have within starting a laboratory practice, we just have to figure out what are we currently using and then use that consistently and then transition that towards something else. And so, for example, if we're going to be doing a budget analysis, mm-hmm. we're like, well, are we recording all of our our inventory, things that are coming in? Like as simple as... When you get your receipts in, are you collecting all your receipts? Are you collecting all your invoices? Are you collecting all of the inventory that's coming in some form or fashion or another? Right. Then start counting that. Well, we... Counting how much is coming in, how much is going out. And then eventually you start to organize it, put it into an electronic uh, system. And then 
from that, once it's all in the electronic system, then we can start to graph it and analyze it. I think what we get so bogged down with is this perfectionism at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And to kind of back you up on, on the inventory list, what we eventually figured out was you are already entering things to order them. And so we found a tool that uses the ordering entry and feeds it directly mm -hmm. into the inventory, right? So eventually, you know, you order stuff, you use stuff, the inventory, it's already updated. Yeah, and it's so much easier, so much easier. Oh, absolutely. But this, this type of system, it goes even beyond the lab or what it is you're doing professionally. Because I can tell you, like for me, this happened a few weeks ago, I got tired of starting to make dinner late. You know, this, this is personal, <laughs> a personal example. It would work too long. I'd be like sitting at the table on my computer, you know, working at home, super easy to just blow through all the plans that you had because you're, you're in the zone. And it was just annoying because it's, my wife's a doctor. We need to go to bed, you know, earlier than most people because we get up a lot earlier than most people. And mm -hmm. uh, we just had to get a system going. So after consistently missing the time I needed to start dinner for a little bit, uh, I started looking at what are the things that I do that actually keep me on time? Because I don't miss meeting times. I just don't. Maybe it happens once in a while where it's like, hey, like I need five minutes or something like that. But for the most part, when a meeting is at whatever, one o'clock, I'm there at one o'clock. So yep. I, you know, embraced what worked and I started putting dinner in my calendar. <laughs> Lo and behold, it's been two weeks now. And I have, mind you, for one of those weeks I was gone. Uh, but for the time that I was using it, I, I didn't miss it. And I was just, it's not to say that I'm trying to like systemize my life and everything, but it, it's just a matter of embracing something that I was already doing that already fulfilled the, the need that uh, I needed for, in this case, dinner, and it just worked, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so I got a like little, hey, you got 10 minutes left before dinner, and then, and that's it. And then the computer closes and, and then move on. I think we do tend to compartmentalize our lives and say the things that are in our work and career can't necessarily be applied to our personal mm -hmm. lives and vice versa. And so the concepts that we talk about and develop aren't necessarily like concepts that are compartmentalized and applied to one particular situation. Right. These are certain things that can be applied everywhere else. And this actually was modeled by one of my old mentors and stuff in uh, him and his wife been together for years and years. And at the early part when they were dating, she used to complain that he was always, always late to all of their dates. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so coming back home, meeting for dinner, all these things, she's mm. like, you're perpetually late. And then one day she asked him, like, do you ever miss any of your patients' meetings? Do you ever miss any of your client meetings? Mm -hmm. And he was like, never. And he goes, but yet... The most important person in your life, you miss all of Every those. Every single one. Every single one. She was like, what are you doing with them that you meet? And he goes, oh, they're always in my calendar. And she goes, now put me in your calendar. <laughs> and he was like, oh. And he did. And from there, he's never missed any. Even his daughter's recitals, everything he does, he's like... I don't do it unless it's it's calendared. Mm -hmm. And he says, because I realized I trained myself already from my training as a clinician to be calendared in that manner. And 
she brought up a point. If, yeah. If if those are just as important, you would do the same systems and process to in, ensure that you are going to act and behave in the same manner. Right. So yes, our personal lives and our professional lives, some of these systems and processes that we put in are just habits. Oh, yeah. And note, walking my dog is now in my calendar too. <laughs> 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 so to close so. to close this one out you know I what's really important is to look at what you're doing you know if you see something that that needs to be improved you just look at what you have look at what's already mm-hmm. going on if you are maybe already using a tool that can help you mm-hmm. and if you can't if you can't find something that's already working commit to mm-hmm. doing something consistently like the meetings or the ELNs, mm-hmm. if you have to reduce some of those elements that will make you relapse, like the paper, get rid of it, <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately just try it. You know, get that V, that version one out of the way and uh, see what works, see what doesn't, and move on to V2, rinse, lather, and repeat. Yeah, look for that path of least resistance. And so, if you need help to look for your own path of least resistance or you're interested in kind of having this conversation about some of these processes and systems that you can implement into your own lab, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us on our website at experimental-designs.com and we go through this a lot with our clients. And so, we're always here to help. We love management, so you don't have to. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you, everyone listening up. This has been the EQIQ podcast. See you in the next one. This was a Raul Maria production. I gotta wait because Louis is snoring. (laughs)